like I just said earlier, I've been married twice. Guess what? Been divorced twice also. Right? So I've been through the process of divorce. Uh, and divorce, neither time was easy. It doesn't get easier, right? Um, and, and not only does it affect you, you let me just say that it affects every aspect of you, right? It affected me physically, mentally, and spiritually. It affected me in every area of my life, um, both times, right? Both times. Um, and my reason for divorce, I'll get into that later, why I got divorced, um, aspects of one thing I do now is I don't put it on the uh, my uh, other two people or why I got divorced. I try to take it ownership of my aspect of the divorce, right? Um, I know y'all have different situations, um, but in my situations, um, my divorces both were due to um, emotional cheating. Um, that's what I'm talking about emotional cheating right now. I just say, and this is just for men out there that's listening. Um, you don't get to dictate what's emotional cheating to your mate. We can't determine that because literally in mine, I believe what caused my divorces wasn't cheating. I don't even think some of it, like I, in my mind, I made, I, to me it was cheating, but if my mate said to me, this is cheating early in the relationship, at the beginning of the relationship, they say, this was cheating. This is cheating to me. And you do it, then you purposely or you did what they said they didn't want you to do, regardless how you feel about the situation, they determined that it's cheating, you did it anyway, right? So I have to eat that aspect of it. No matter how I feel about what happened, I have to eat it, right? But divorce affected me to my core. And even more on a more personal side is that when I my first divorce, after we we called it quits or whatever, I attempted suicide. That's how mentally it messed me up, and spiritually it messed me up that I attempted suicide because. My love for this person was so strong, and I'm like, I'm losing everything because because of this divorce. My second divorce, it was it was little, it wasn't it was it was rough. It was still rough, even though like it's crazy so crazy because I've been through one before, and you would think I'm going through another one. It's like easier. It's like I've done this before. It's like riding a bike, right? And it's it's also not easy because now I have a son involved. Right now I have a son. And now we got to worry about what's going to happen in that situation. So, um, with that being just being transparent about my situations, I know both of you have your own situations. If you guys want to open up, you can. You don't have to. Um, but we want to discuss like what caused, what happened, um, what, 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 what if not what happened if you don't want to, but what effects did divorce have? on you directly. I, I'll let, if Jermaine want to go, I'll let, I'll let him go before I speak. Uh, but I do want to say one thing on your uh, emotional cheating to the fellows as well. Uh, just, just understand. I think, I think as men, we need to research what emotional cheating is and the effect of it. Many times emotional cheating hurts worse than uh, sexual and physical cheating. It, it, it hurts emotionally though. That emotional cheating sometimes can hurt much worse and so just, just do your research and make sure that you're honoring uh, your your spouse or uh, significant other. And I just want to add to that. The the research is with your mate. They mm -hmm. determine what is emotional cheating to them. It varies mm -hmm. from woman to woman or mate to man yeah. to man. It varies. Yeah. So make sure I can think most of cheating is having a full-fledged emotional affair with a woman that I'm giving her the voice of all, everything in her, tell her I, I love her and all that. But your mate can say, just having any type of communication, period, with another woman is cheating. Like, it can be that granular for your mate. So it's, it's talking to your mate about what that is, right? But don't go ahead. All right, so, uh, man. 
ain't talked about this in a minute. Uh, my divorce for me was uh, just devastating. It was like a death. It's like I died. Um, my family, it's, I felt like I was going to beat, I wanted to beat the curse. My mother had been divorced. Uh, I had a brother that was going through the divorce the same time I was. Uh, both of my sisters had been divorced one twice and the other one had been divorced. Um, my sisters went through a, a abusive situations with their husbands that led to divorce. Um, my brother, his divorce was, it was just so toxic at the time. We were literally going through our divorce at the same time. I was living with him when I left my ex-wife and growing up, seeing my older siblings go through this and my little sister got married before I did and having to literally move her out of the house where her husband was abusing her. I was literally at Blackburn, came home, got to move your sister out. She leaving him, he been beating her. It was just in my mind. I was saying, I feel for my family, but I'm gonna do better than everybody. Pride essentially. And when my divorce happened, that's the first thing I died because I wasn't able to beat the curse. A part of my marriage was built off me saying, I'm going to do it better than all my siblings. And I had to learn a lesson from that, that my marriage ain't predicated off my siblings, my family. I got to have some other principles on it. But I felt like the curse, it was just a curse in my family that none of us were good at marriage. I, I talk about it openly now. I didn't used to because my divorce made me feel ashamed, uh, fearful, embarrassed, especially growing up in church, supposedly knowing what love is, what God wants. And at the time when I went through my divorce, I was a minister in the church and I felt like a statistic that I'm part of that 50 percent that don't make it, that don't understand the principles of marriage. And uh, on my end of divorce, if I could take my accountability, I just was very immature in some situations. Uh, There's some things my ex-wife went through physically with sickness after having my two children. And I, honest, I wasn't there for her emotionally. I had to work, take care of my kids. I was not a very comforting person. I was not understanding, which caused her to go out and let's just say, look for love in some other places. Um, when we, at one time in life, when we did talk about it, I know people say, well, there's no excuse to go out and do that, but everybody has their story. Everybody has what drives them. And that was my blame in the uh, marriage. I just wasn't there because I felt as a man, if I support you and take care of you, that's all I have to do. I don't have to be your emotional support. I don't have to do this and do that. I'm feeding you, putting a roof over your head. But, you know, when somebody's not getting fulfilled, they'll go look for it in other places. And going through that, uh, forgiving the person, in a sense, thinking it was going to get better, years later, same thing happened again. Uh, this time, it really hurt because I was my mother was sick. Uh, didn't know she was going to die. She had MS. She fought it for two years. So she passed was going through in my marriage, trying to repair it. And I was by my mother's bedside. Thank God that I was because I didn't know she was going to leave here. And at that time, my ex-wife basically felt like I chose my mother over her and the situation she had going on. I had to be by her side. And my ex-wife just couldn't understand that at the time. And she basically gave me an ultimatum. We were supposed to go somewhere on a family trip and do all this stuff. I said, I'm not going. I got to be by my mom. She she might leave here. Now, thank God at that time she didn't die, but a couple of months later she did. And I literally told my ex-wife, I only got one mom. I can get me another wife. Because I was not going to be by my mother's side at that time in my life. Because months later she passed away. And literally <laughs> a month before she died, my ex-wife, I want a divorce. With everything, my mother's literally going into hospice and you pulling this on. And it was like every, I, I say 2012 was like the worst year of my life because my mom died and I started my divorce process. To, and then with my kids, with the way stuff was coming out, my ex-wife, oldest daughter that I raised, a lot of stuff that she was sneaking and doing for whatever, my oldest daughter knew about it. And basically to get up in the middle of the night when my ex-wife was out partying, doing what she was doing, having to explain to my kids, 
They come into my bedside, daddy, where mommy at? Why she not here with you? And I vouch for to save face for my kids. But in my heart, I knew she out there doing what she doing. And it, it broke something in me. Cause I'm like, why do I keep defending a person that's that I know is not doing me right? So when I got the courage to leave, I felt like my life was just completely in shambles because I'm now added to the list of everybody in my family's been divorced. I never wanted my kids to grow up in separate homes like that. And it, it really broke something in my kids. My oldest daughter, who was my ex-wife's biological daughter, turned on her, was just hot about it. My daughter, my two kids that I mind, um, my daughter just clinged to me. My son, he was confused because they were just so young. And then it went into where my kids played us against each other at time, the fighting, the arguing. And I, I came to a point like where I, I just, I hated this person. I hated the situation. I hated the time I wasted. And then when all the divorce finally happened years later, um, I'm looking at the child support element, all the stuff we've went through. Cause it's like, even though the divorce was over, kind of like what Kevin was saying, I still got to deal with this person because of my kids. And I feel like I've lost so much because when I went through the divorce, I, I, I'm not saying every court is like this, but at one point I hated everything about the Illinois courts because I feel like in a divorce, they coming for the husband. No matter what you try to say about that wife, what they've done, they want to stick it to you. So I felt like I gave up everything. When I mean not just emotionally, just even financially, just I lost. I, I was pretty much having to live with people and do stuff. And the judge was just looking at me like, and I'm like, I didn't do anything but try to love this person. And they went out and did stuff. I mean, I had my faults, like emotionally just not being there, but I got to pay child support. I got to do this. I got to do that. Give them back the car. My credit got jacked because of the divorce because I took on all this bad debt, had to claim bankruptcy. Like, I feel like my divorce completely ripped my life apart. And I felt like, how? How can this person go do what they did? But I'm taking a downfall while they out here living it up on my paycheck. Looking at my check, and I'm trying to figure out if I need a second job to survive. All the while picking up my kids, still buying them stuff, still taking them places, still going doing all of this stuff. And my mind is like, we created this together. Okay, fine. We over with. But can we work with them? Feeling like the blunt of it was on me. And just walking around with so much shame and embarrassment because I wasn't successful. In my mind, I built a picture of what marriage would be like. And I blamed myself for so long. Like, you should have did something more. And then that's why I go back to the, you can't control what another person does. Because what if I would have been a better person? That don't mean that person still wouldn't have done what they did. Because if, if something is in somebody's heart to do it, they're going to do it no matter what you do. Because it could be something going on with them. So marriage, I mean, not marriage, divorce to me was just a complete death. It was just, and I, I th I'm thankful that I've recovered from it. I've healed from it. My children have healed from it. And that was the other factor. When I saw the pain it put my children through. Um, even when I got remarried, my son, I could almost say hated my now wife because his mind was my mom and dad supposed to be together and you're taking my dad from the possibility of them being together. They're the best of friends now. Don't get me wrong. They all good now. Years later, <laughs> they're fine. But one thing that I didn't realize in my divorce is how the kids get lost in the shuffle, how the kids get lost in the arguing the fighting, when you forget about them, because our children are dealing with stuff, stuff at school, stuff with their friends. And there was a point where I lost my focus on my children. And it took years later, certain things they talked to me about, revealed to me, that further broke my heart. Because there was a time where I forgot to focus on them. I was providing, but I wasn't tending to their emotions, their thought spot. Like, 
we probably should have been in family counseling. Thank God they've healed from it. But that was the other side of it. After I recovered, I had to help my kids heal because I didn't realize how broken they were from it because kids never asked to be in the middle of this situation. And I looked at me and their mother and I felt like in the midst of us going at it, we didn't kind of we didn't parent our kids well. We did not co-parent well in that transition. I feel like we did a horrible job for our children. And it was stuff that our kids got into just at school, relationships, stuff that happened to them that I honestly believe was a direct reflection of our divorce because we just could not co-parent well in that situation. We, we just did it. And when and to have to, because my kids are now, the oldest girl is uh, 21, my daughter's 18, my son is 17. And when I had to sit as a parent and let them tell me what they went through, I mean, even now, I'm, I'm, I'm literally fighting back tears. Because <laughs> I, I, I looked at my kids like, me and your mama going to recover and move on. I'm remarried. She's remarried. But some kids never recover from divorce. Mm -hmm. And I had to make sure that my kids healed from it. And they have. They, they, uh, they honestly have. But there was a point when I felt like they could forever dislike or hate me and their mama because of what we put them through. And I didn't see that, how much they were going to hurt from this. And I didn't run damage control initially. But when they told me, Daddy, we heard the arguments. We saw Mama do this. We saw your anger. We saw this. And you thinking you shielding them from it? But, man, them kids knew everything. And as a, I had, and as a parent, I had to apologize to my children because I, I felt like I failed as a husband and I failed as a father. I couldn't fix the marriage part because that was just done. It was over with. But I had to fix the father part because I wasn't going to lose my children because my son, he like if you could see us now, our relationship is it, dope. But my son sat back and told me, Dad, I remember when I hated you, when I didn't even want you to be my father. Because the stuff you was doing, what you and mom was going through. And now every day, my son, literally October this year, my son came to live with me. Dad, I love you every night. Appreciate you, dad. When a few years ago, he's 17, this is about 11 or 12. Dad, I can't stand you. I don't want you to be my father. Who wants to hear that as a parent? Mm -hmm. But now I was able to repair that with all of my kids. And, and when I mean we, we good, we're good. You know, but if I didn't take that time to sit and listen to the damage that divorce did to them, I might have lost my children. Just like they would have been around listening to me all because I'm their father. But emotionally and mentally, they would have been gone. I'm just a dad in physical theory, but I don't really have their hearts. So that's kind of like what divorce did. To, it was literally like a death, so much shame and embarrassment. And I feel like at that time I failed as a father. Definitely. That was crucial. And I failed as a husband. Yeah, thank that's, you for that, brother. Yeah, um, and one thing you said, I do want to go back on. I was meaning to say this during the marriage piece. Uh, uh, counseling uh, therapy doesn't have to stop with your uh, premarital counseling. Right. I would suggest that uh, most married couples go to counseling at least once a month, um, whether you feel like you need it or not. Um, and I think that can help you talk to some things. So sometimes the, we know, we know the biggest problem with marriage is communication. Right. And so you want to, you want to keep that field open. But, um, a lot of people who watch, people who are watching this may not know, uh, uh, may not know what I'm finna say. Uh, I know Jermaine is not aware of what, what I'm finna say. And, uh, like, you know, Kevin always say, um, um, what's your saying, right? Uh, full disclosure, full disclosure right? Man. Um, and I'm going to say something for the first time and make something public for the first time. Uh, and it is emotional for me. Um, because it's real time. Um, me and my wife, uh, were together for 14 years, as I stated, stated earlier, uh, together for 14 years. And, um, three months ago, we decided we're getting a divorce. Um, this is wow. absolutely the hardest time of my life. Um, I've lost 25 pounds. Um, I'm not eating uh, 
many times, like the, the anxiety is up. Um, I'm worried about my kids on a daily basis emotionally. Um, I'm not, I'm not nearly given getting enough sleep that I need to be, um, uh, to be productive. I'm not as productive as a leader of, in my current, um, position as, um, I'm, I'm not able to effectively, I'm, I'm doing my job, but I'm not able to do it effectively as I, as I, I did in prior, prior years. Um, I feel like there's a weight and burden on me every moment, the second of the day when I lay down, I feel like I have a weight on my chest and I can sit here and talk about who's at fault, why it's happening. Um, but it hurts and none of that even matters because how bad it hurts. Right. Um, and I'm not going to bash anybody on here. Um, I won't say, I'm not going to say why we're getting a divorce and that, that there'll be time for that. Um, but I just, I think the great thing about having for all those, we have two, two men, uh, one who didn't have truly control, like he was been hurt by his person, one person who has some culpability in theirs, and then somebody that's currently going through it. And so I think we get to hit it at three different levels. But man, nobody could warn me that this was going to be this hard. Um, Nobody could warn me when they say it's like a death. It's like a death, man. Like it's, it's like everything that you ever worked for and developed and fight, fought for is dying. It's like this garden that you planted, somebody p poured uh, weed and grass color on it and killed it, right? It's like everything that all your hard work is being ripped out of you. I mean, I had times where I'd be laying in bed and it's literally feel like my chest is being ripped out. My, my, my heart is being ripped out of my chest. Like, like the, like the, like somebody is reaching in and pulling out my heart, um, where I thought I was having a heart attack or, or, uh, a, um, uh, um, issue with my brain because of the level of anxiety, the level of depression. And we, we, we talking about three men who here are strong willed and have been like strong. We, we pride ourselves on our strong willed and our, and who we are as men. But I feel like a baby, man. Like I feel like a, I feel like a, I feel like I have, um, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. I don't know how to react. I don't know how to to wake up and be Keith, right? I don't even know who Keith is, right? And it's and and I find myself trying to make sense of it all. And I don't know if this happened for y'all, but there is no sense to it, right? There, there's no, there is no way to make that puzzle fit together. It's like a puzzle. Your divorce is like a puzzle and none of the pieces fit together. It's like you got every piece of your hundred, of your hundred puzzle box is from a different puzzle, right? And you're trying to make all these puzzles fit and figure out why and who and what and what else happened and and you start overanalyzing about, is she doing this? Did she do this? And you just start thinking about stuff that are just off the wall. And at the end of the day, life is flying by. Like you're using, losing time. You're, you're losing experiences. You're losing opportunities to spend time with your kids because this weight is just so crippling. Um, man, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. <laughs> hey, I, I I would not wish this on anybody. You know, you go through a situation and you say, man, if we ever get a divorce, it's going to be amicable. You know, we're going to split everything up. We're going to take care of our kids. I, I should say, I'm going to move to the house across the street and we just go take the kids back and forth. We still going to hang out. We may still be messing around. That was my whole mindset when it came to possibly getting divorced. Man, we still going to be doing our thing. You know, she still won't come over my house. Man, was I wrong? Like, 
like that's not even a thought like the pain is so bad that that like Jermaine said like he talking about his kids I feel like I'm failing in every area of my life because of this I feel like I'm failing in every area of my life um and it's and it's I find myself I don't know about y'all but I find myself saying it's not fair this isn't fair this is not fair yep. this is not fair I didn't do anything wrong this is not fair and like Jamie said with the court systems like I feel like in some instances it, it is built to to not take the emotional toll that a divorce has on a man into consideration or his part in that divorce. But on the flip side, they take all that emotional toll into, to, to, to account. And I'm like, man, I just want to get this. I'm, tell me, tell me, tell me if y'all didn't feel this way, but I'm at the point right now, a year at month three and a half where I'm like, I just want this to be over. Yep. I just want the divorce to be final. Yes, sir. Over. I'm at the point, and you get to the point where you're like, I give everything. You take it, like, even though I, 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 I backtracked on that, but I'm at the point where I'm just like, I just want to be able to move on with my life. And then on top of that, there's a fear of the unknown of moving forward. And it's, it's just, I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I thought I would never be in this situation, and like Jermaine, uh, the kid situation. I was one and it hurt. I had, um, it's not their fault, but they said, man, I thought y'all was going to be the ones that made it. Man, 14 years, 14 and a half years almost. And then all that, everything to change, literally, Jermaine Cabinet, literally in a matter of seconds, it was, I want to be with you. I only want you. You mean the world to me. I want a divorce. In seconds, this is devastating. Isn't even a word, man. It's it's, and the reason why I'm sharing all this the way I'm sharing it is because I think men need to know, and we've been talking about this in our other parts of the podcast that it's okay to hurt, that it's okay to be emotional. But man, there is nothing. I've never felt felt like this before. It, it, it's tough, and so I just wanted to put that out there. I am currently going through a divorce uh, from my wife of fourteen years, um, and, and I'm I'm using some of the stuff I'm learning here as well uh, from Kevin and Jermaine to navigate my process so that I am the best possible father I can be because right now that's, what's more important. Yeah. If, if I, thanks for sharing that, man. Um, and you know, I know, I know what's going on, um, but thanks for being open and vulnerable that about, about the situation. But if I can explain like the pain you're feeling, the pain me and Jermaine felt, this is my symbolism. It's almost like you have a, y'all know how, um, in Japan, they do that hard curry or whatever, where they cut their stomach open, they they just mm-hmm. they cut they. Mm-hmm. It's like you do like that happened to you, and then somebody packed all that area with salt, like that sting of salt and vinegar, and it's just like you you already cut it. Then that's a type of pain sometimes it felt. But what do y'all want to say, man? Yeah. One thing I want to say though is you you gave the analogy is like you had this beautiful garden and it's like somebody poured weed and grass killer on it and that and, and destroyed the whole thing. The one thing I want to say to you and everybody else is I've done that before. I I I had a house. I I remember did read the I didn't read the label or the bottle right and I just like connect to the water holes and spray all my grass with this weed and grass killer kill all my grass. I say that to say what I had to do is I had to 
hand raked all that dead grass out. I had to put fertilizer, uh, fertilizer on the soil to get it back fresh and some extra fresh soil. I had to put the grass seed back down, and I had to put straw over it so the birds wouldn't get it. And I had to water that grass every day. All the reason I'm going to say, the reason I'm saying that is, is that's how you rebuild your life after divorce. It's a process. It's a slow, painful process. Mm-hmm. But guess what? My grass was looking better than it did. <laughs> My grass looking better <laughs> than it did before I killed it, right? So yes, divorce is hard. It's very painful. Like I have the like out of us three, I have the most experience here with this. All right, I have the most experience. Done oh, it twice, right? right? <laughs> it's been divorced twice, right? So, um. Not only to say that because, like, I felt that pain. The pain you feel now, I felt twice. Now, this most recent divorce, the great thing about that um, is that me and my, my ex-wife, our focus was on our son, right? Y'all both talk about, he talked about how it would have, you know, he don't want to affect his kids. Jermaine talked about how it did affect his kids. Our focus was on our son, which made our divorce, the divorce process, a little smoother, right, and amicable because we understood the direction together. Um, and it doesn't always go that way, but I get what you guys are saying about how your kids play a factor. But one thing I want to say for, for definitely Keith is that pain's going to be there. It's going to take a while for that pain to go away. And that pain is, if you let it, that pain will follow you to your next one and to your next one, right? At some point, I know you're still in the process. At some point, you got to start raking up the dead grass. That's the start. Start raking up the dead grass. Whether that's counseling or figuring things out with you, you got to start the process of healing. got to start the process of healing with your kids. That process can start before the divorce is final. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's for everybody that's listening. It's like divorce doesn't mean. Cause for me, when I got divorced, I thought it was the end of the world. Like both times I got divorced, I'm not getting with nobody else. I am done. I'm finna be a male gigolo. I'm finna be on these streets. But <laughs> man, but um, because that's the thought process. Because the pain, right? That pain and that hurt, and it's just like I didn't want to be this way. That failure, Jermaine, to keep talking about, like that, I'm failing everybody around me, like. Our parents weren't married, and I wanted—I want to stay married. Like I was—I'm gonna get married, have a great wife, and I'm gonna raise my kids because my dad went there. He kept all these plans on my, and then those plans go to SHIT, right? Um, but divorce isn't—it feels like the end of the world, but it's not. It's not. It's just one blurb on the chart, right? One blurb in your life on the chart. You're still breathing, so you have time to do things the right way and get back on track, right? So I don't. So I'm not saying don't don't hurt, don't feel the pain because you have to. Because going through the pain is how we get through things. Dealing with the pain is how we get through things. If we just ignore the pain, people do it all the time with pills. They they want to pop the the pills because they don't want to feel the pain. But feeling the pain tells you something's wrong. When you know something's wrong, you know how to deal with it. You, you, you need to deal with it, right? If I get shot and I take pain pills all the time, I don't feel the pain, then I'm leaking blood. I'm probably going to die, right? So feel the pain, but start working and progressing to healing. Not, not with your mate, within yourself, but with your kids if you have them. Uh, but, and, yeah, and, this was a deep – go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and, and that's what's critical about – that's what's critical about continuing therapy because I think that's the one thing that's that's doing well while, while I'm able to handle this handle this as well as and shout out to uh, my therapist Nikia that that meeting with her every other week to talk through my feelings and emotions has, has been a godsend um but one thing I, I put on here that I wanted to make sure we talk about is is, is self because self hate and self harm. 
because what I'm noticing in this process, and, and I, I, I only noticed it because Nikia pointed it out to me, is that my, I'm like, man, I'm stupid. I'm like, I start, I'm, I'm, I start beating myself up when it comes to stuff about this marriage. Like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm an, that was, I was stupid. I regret. Like, I start. We, you can't do that, right? It's so easy for us to look back and then say, "Well, we shoulda, coulda, wouldas," and then we start, we start self-projecting. We start projecting this stuff on ourselves and the failure, and start doubting ourselves and start to 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 um to uh, modify our own self-esteem, which leads to that depression, which leads to more of that anxiety and depression. And so it's just be critical that you continue uh, having somebody to talk to. We don't got to be a therapist. I just got to uh, happen to have a great therapist. But somebody to talk to so that you can notice your elements of self, uh, self-harm, self uh, self-hate, which can turn into self-sabotage, right? Um, and so I, I, I'm always going to push therapy. I think as as black men and as black people, um, we need to we need to start getting making mental health a um help mental health talks a priority in our in our culture, um, yeah. but it it it's hurt. But I but I want to tell you, brothers, I'm doing well, um, because of my faith, uh, because of my therapist, my therapy, and because of honor uh, knowing what I have and what I have to look forward to, and that's those two little boys. Um, and so I'm with you, Kevin. I'm at the point now where I'm starting to rake up the grass, right? I'm starting to wake up the grass and not bottle myself up and not prevent myself from getting into future relationships with the with the with the uh, with the uh, mess that I have, right? And I'm not willing to to do that to any future woman to come into a relationship with this. I believe in marriage. I will get married again. Going to happen. Uh, I believe in love, so so that's going to happen. Um, but I know research says for every seven years of a marriage, it takes one year to recover. So for me, that's two years. Um, and that that's that differs for people. Um, but I'm not going to let this divorce define me. Right, I'm looking at it as the movie movie Inception, how the 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 screen can change and they can be walking on a walking on the ceiling, walking. I'm just I'm just feeling like I'm I felt like because I wrote a poem about falling off a cliff with this situation and how I was standing on my feet. Right, I'm just looking at like I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just falling to a new chapter in my life. I'm fall I'm not falling off a cliff. I'm falling to a new chapter. And that's what's been keeping me. It's been hard, man. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't wish this on nobody. But as long as I keep my mind, I'm two things. So I'm falling to a new chapter, and whoever get me in the future is going to be blessed. That's my mindset because I did so much Amen. work during this time to become a better me that, that once I get past this piece, Oh man, the next woman gonna gonna be 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 highly blessed, and 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 I gotta keep the mindset like I've done the work, I've I've done I've I've sacrificed, and now I have to land on my feet because I've been I, I just received some body blows from Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? I just received some body blows. Now my eight count started, and I'm already up. You see, what I'm saying like I, I, I have to look at it that way because as and but but since I'm still going through the process, I'm still gonna be getting body blow. I got one yesterday, right? Got a body blow. Like I got no, I got I got a haymaker yesterday. Like they called me, they called me flush yesterday. The devil called me fuck flush. But I'm getting up, man. I'm getting up. I'm Rocky Balboa. I'm getting up. And so it, it's, it, I think that's what's keeping me. Um, the the friendships the the people who were watching out for me and giving me guidance and and, uh, and direction uh, so I can shout out to to T, to you Kevin to to Shanika to Lamisha uh, uh, to Dr. Land to uh, to the people who I've been who who know what's going on and have been like that have been that support for me um, 
and just say, y'all, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get through this. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be all right. Um, but I just glad I got two brothers like you who've been through it, who, who, who share what y'all share today. Um, that, um, that makes me know that, 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 that there, there's, there's greater. Uh, y'all both happier now. Um, and I just need to, I need to start raking up that grass, man. So that, so and fertilizing it. So when that person does come, it's like you said, my lawn's better. And so that's what I'm working on. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm your uh I'm your Mickey. Oh no, I'm not Mickey. I'm uh Apollo Creed when you was fighting Blubber Lane. Mm. <laughs> I'm the Apollo. Yeah, because as uh, Keith was talking, man, and man, I'm, I'm glad that you're here that you're recovering. Sorry to hear about the situation, but I'm, I'm glad that you are working on it. But uh, some I didn't share. Uh, when you was talking about how you lost 25 pounds, and uh, for anybody that's going to listen to this. When you go through that process and you're talking about being unproductive and can't sleep at night, man, I'm sitting here. Like I said, I was talking about my kids. I was fighting tears back here and next. I know what that felt like. I can't sleep at night. I was very temperamental, emotional. I got so stressed out by going through that process starting. Because when I first started going through divorce, I filed. And my mother died that I told you. So the month before she died, I started going through this. I was 30. I had just turned 30 that year. It's in 2012. I had a mild heart attack at 30. So stressed out from the divorce. My kids, my mom dying. I thought I was going to leave here. Was in the hospital multiple times. Had chronic angina. Was on medication. Uh, was eating horribly. It. I had to take care of my health. My doctor said, if you don't, I don't know if you're going to make it. It was well over 300 pounds, but it was unhealthy weight. I lost like 60 pounds at that time. Had to start going to the gym. Not because I wanted to. I was forced to. And the situation was so stressful, I stopped caring about me. Because I was so ashamed of it, I didn't care about me no more. Yeah. The only thing that kept me level-headed were my children. Because I said I got to live for them. Because if I didn't have kids, I can't honestly say I would be here right now. Because that's how much pain, like you all keep saying, this pain. I wanted the pain to be alleviated. And when I was in the hospital, I felt like I didn't have nothing else to live for. I'm 30 years old. My mama gone. I'm finna get divorced. If it wasn't my kids, if they weren't my focal point, I don't, I don't know. I can't say. Because that was one of the most horrible times in my life. And then go around to 2013. I can say this for somebody when you're going through a situation like this, not even about moving on with another relationship, just make sure you done done. Cause I actually took my ex-wife back at one point for my kids thinking we could work this out. We just went through whatever moved all the way to Texas said, if I move us to another area, we're going to be fine. Cause we just need to get a new environment. Same nonsense was happening. Sent her and my kids home, and I had to spend almost a year in Texas by myself. But Keith says something about how he's working on self. And I was referencing back earlier in the podcast about needing time. Sometimes you think time ain't working, you need time. I had to learn how to love myself again. I had to learn mm -hmm. how to care about me. Because when I started going through the divorce, I lost me. I completely lost who I was, what I stood for. But I needed that time to be by myself. No kids, no divorce. I had actually took my divorce out the course thinking we're going to work this out. And I just believe it. In my heart, I knew it wasn't going to work out. But I was trying to make something happen to save face. And when she refiled it, I was ready for it. I, I felt like how Keith felt. I just want this to be over with. You can have whatever. Mm -hmm. And trust me, I didn't dial back on that. Oh, I gave up a lot. Because by that time, me and my ex-wife... I was by myself pretty much two and a half. When I got back with my ex-wife, or oh, wasn't no sleeping together, none of that going on. We was just roommates in Texas. But it should have never happened that way. And that, that year alone, I learned how to care about me. Because I said, if don't nobody else care about me, I got to care about me. And I'm not going to let this situation take me out of here because it almost did. I was in the hospital three separate times over stress. 
And a lady who's a friend of my family told me, she gave me a story about how her husband died because of stress. She said, it's a silent killer. And if you allow it to take you out, you won't be here. And I told myself, they can't survive without me meeting my children. So, and I'm like you, Keith, when I learned how to love myself through this process, how to care about me, when I understood what I would no longer tolerate, in my next situation, I had to get rid of all that pain, all the hurt, and I stood like you before I got remarried. Said, whoever my next wife finna be, oh, you finna get the best version of me. Mm-hmm. My ex-wife, when she saw the change in me as we was going through the divorce, she said it. Whoever your next wife's gonna be, she you gonna treat her right. You gonna do this and do that. And my thing is that not that I wasn't going to go through this change eventually. It just wasn't for that person. And they moved on to who I'm with now. But that time that I needed, like you say, to rake that grass up, everything that was dead to me, and I had to, my biggest thing, I had to care about me. Because when you start talking about the weight loss, not being productive, I would only pull, I would muster up strength for my kids. So that was the good part about the situation. They were my my daughter now says, Dad, that was one of the best times of my life. It hurt, but I mean, you was the best dad. You was buying us whatever we wanted, did it is, did it that. And the, the subconscious part was, I'm just trying to prove to her, I'm a way better parent than you, and I'm going to show you. Wasn't so much about the love, but I was going to prove her wrong. Girl, these kids going, I'm going to get them on my side, which further, you know, messed them up along. It shouldn't, we shouldn't be competing as parents. We're supposed to love them equally. But it helped save me. But I realized by myself in Texas through that process and in the process of marriage or divorce somewhere in that first marriage, I lost my identity. And it took me a whole year to get it back. And I promised myself I will never lose that again. So now I understand self-care that now in marriage, if stuff gets too stressful, I know how to break away, take a breather from my wife, from my kids, from the from the marriage, from the family. And I got to take care of Jermaine. Because if I don't, I'll lose myself again. And that was the biggest thing I learned from the divorce, that you can't lose yourself. Because the divorce process, that pain, that darkness, that stress, that hurt, it will literally almost take you out of here. And I remember when I sat in my hospital bed, my ex-wife came to see, see me. Wasn't by my bedside, sat on the other side of the room. And I'm in the bed, hooked up to, sitting there, looking at that person saying that person don't love me this ain't it you here but you're not here if i stay in this i'm gonna be in somebody's grave i can't do this so i knew in the long run it just wasn't i told my kid i remember my son asked me he said dad why didn't y'all make i said son i just realized we were not a good fit when i think about it when i look at it we just weren't good together we 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 made it work as long as we could, but honestly, we were two people going in two separate directions. And I said, mm-hmm. the best thing that came out this may, I said, not that it was all bad. There was some good times, some laughter. And I said, there was a time where I really do believe that I loved your mother. But at the end of the day, the best thing that came out of this were you all. Yep. These beautiful mm-hmm. children we have. That's the best thing. And I said, as now as a mature person, being honest about everything, that's the best thing that was, was that. Thank you for the laughs. Thank you for the good times. But in the long run, we ain't meant to be here 30, 40 years down the road. Wish you the best. Thank you for wishing me the best. Wish you the best in your next situation. Hopefully you're going to feel the same about me. Because I know at the end of the day, I, I have to learn to care about me. And I and I do now. As much as I love my, my now wife, I always told her, hey, I'll never let you come in between me and me. and me." Because I had to learn. In order for me to love somebody else, I had to learn to love myself. And through that process, that's one thing I learned. I stopped loving myself. I, I mm-hmm. gave up me to try to gratify and satisfy somebody else. It's like I submitted myself, but it's like I just gave me all the way over. And I had to recoup me back through that process. And that helped me get past the pain it helped me heal. It helped me recover. And now I, I believe in, in caring for one. I had to learn how to love one, how to go out. Like I had to learn how to go out by myself, which is the weirdest thing in the world when you've been with somebody for so long. 
you forget what like you ever go to the grocery store and when you shopping you thinking about i gotta get this for my kids this for my wife this for that person you look at the grocery list and you ain't got nothing for yourself because you so predicated on everybody else yeah. i forgot what was my favorite snacks what's my favorite juice what movies do i like what what I, I literally could not figure it out i said i've got so engulfed in this that i don't have an identity anymore this person has moved on. They doing them hard, real good. Who am I? I had to rediscover who I was. And when I did, I said, I'll never lose myself again. No matter who I marry, who I'm with, I will never lose me. So, man, brother, keep recovering. Yeah. Take the, it's, a, it's a process, man. And, I, and I'm glad that you're on that track to just, you know, recovering yeah. and, and healing from it. And, I, and I'm right there. I'm at that part of, actually, I, I've told my ter- therapist this, and I wrote my journal. I don't know who I am. I've given so wow. much to this one person for 14 years. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't think the only thing I know I like, I like University of Michigan. I know that. I like Chicago Bears. I know those things, but favorite foods, favorite things to do, like, I, I can't sit here and tell you what they are. And I tell I'm, I'm exactly what you said. I said I will never feel that way again i will never not know who i am and so that's what that's what i'm working on now and 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 the reason why that happens we all know because your lives are so interwoven with another person right your life is so interwoven with another person you don't know what what's Yours or theirs, and, and when they get torn apart, it's like when you see yourself, like I, I'm totally different. Like I don't know certain things, I can't do certain. Um, but it was key, and this even if you have kids, and it's actually for people that that have kids. Um, when you find yourself, it's got to be just you, right? Mm-hmm. It can include your kids. Um, they, they. I mean, you, you get them the help they need, things like that. But when it comes to finding who you are, it's a, it's a complete focus on you, right? Because what, what, what we tend to do is our kids are hurting in this situation too, so we want to put a lot of energy into making sure our kids are good, but we neglect us. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and you still don't know who you are. Your kids are right. You still don't know who you are, right? get in a relationship and you mess that up because you still don't know who you are. It has to be a complete focus on you and finding you again. Um, and, I mean, I had to do that twice and, 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 and it wasn't easy. Um, it took time. Um, it stayed painful for years. But guess what? You always come out on the other side. Storms end. Storm, name a storm that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. name one. That's real. Right? So, but yeah, this was a hot topic, man. We knew this divorce was going to be uh, mm-hmm. be a hot topic uh, deep, man. Anything else on this, man? Like, anything y'all want to talk about? Uh... So now I'm a one-time loser. But... It's only the beginning. <laughs> 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 but you know what, man? It, it's, it's great that I like uh, three months ago I wouldn't be able to laugh at that. But you know, you know what I mean? Like it's because I'm I'm better. I'm at the acceptance phase, and I'm better, man. I just know God got man. This journey gonna be awesome, man. I already I already know. I already know it's yeah. gonna be great. So what's crazy, man? Is Kyle somebody said, man. God orchestrates, I said it before, God orchestrates beginnings and God orchestrates endings, right? So at this point in time, if this ending must happen, God has a plan and a purpose for everything. There's reasoning for everything. And once you find that reasoning, man, you're going to get back on your horse and ride, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. To I, I'm, I'm riding to the sunset, man. I mean, but um, yeah, man. These are some hot topics, man. Love 
marriage, divorce. Uh, yeah, I hope people listen to these, man, because these can change. These these uh these spot these episodes can change lives, man. They can change lives. Yeah, we gotta just appreciate our boy Jermaine coming on with us today, man. We yeah, man, have insight, man. Uh, appreciate we got it. We gotta have him back. You already know that uh, on some topics. So just appreciate you, man, giving up your time tonight, man, to 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 go over some of this stuff with us, man. And I'm gonna go. To, I'm, I'm just gonna let you know, man, that you uh you said some stuff that really is gonna really change my direction in this thing. Man. I'm gonna wake up uh, um focused on me and focused on making a better me for tomorrow. So I, I just appreciate you, brother, for what I'm going through and the insight that you gave me. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Since we know you, man, you always have given us insight, man. So, yes, it's it's, it's definitely appreciated, man. Much love to you, man, for you know your wisdom. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all for uh, having me on. uh, Two of the coolest brothers I know from back in our days in uh, college, and uh, watching y'all growth, uh, some of the things that y'all have been through, just seeing y'all in y'all professional careers. And what you've done, seeing what y'all doing with y'all um, children, um, especially you, Kevin, uh, with your son, because I had two and a half years working in that community with uh, those with developmental and uh, physical disabilities and understanding what you deal with with your son. Man, sir, I commend you because that's Appreciate not it, easy because I I worked in the community for the state where if people gave their kids up because they didn't want to work with them because of that. Just said, skip it, somebody else do it instead of me spending my time. So to see that growth and change and what you're doing as a father is just amazing. You know, I I take my hat off to you because a lot of parents, when I mean I seen them, I'm literally talking about driving to state facilities and leaving their kids there. That's y'all issue now. Couldn't do that as a dad because it's it's my child. So to see what you're doing and, and saying to you, Keith, what you're going through, but still being to say, even tonight, knowing you came back from your son's practice, you know, as men, what y'all have been through, but yet each one of you having sons, man, it, it, it pays forward. Like I told you the story, my son looked at me when I was going through that. We didn't have the best relationship now. When I mean, that's, that's my, that's my man's now pots and pans. Yo, that's, that's my boy right there. And we got some of the, one of the greatest relationships, man. And, if y'all stay the course of that, man, y'all y'all going to be good, man. But what y'all doing here with the Two Views podcast, everybody that's listening, it, it's powerful, you know. And the platform y'all have is um awesome, you know. I, I can't wait to go downstairs and talk to my wife because I know she wants to start a podcast. And, you know, I may have to connect with Kevin. Like, man, how did you get this started? I'm kind of just seeing this. So, man, you, you guys are um doing something. Y'all talking about real topics, even the stuff. I've heard you all, I listen on Spotify. Like, we all hit the mental health one. That one stood out to me so much because a lot of men, I, I know people that I've tried to talk to about that. And one person told me, he was like, man, that's that white people stuff. Black people don't do that. And it crushed me. That's fair. Because the situation I'm seeing going on in a family, you it's needed. And they are just not receptive to we as a black community do it and i'm not ashamed of it i've had kids in my family me i've never went to a therapist but i mean i go to people like he was saying maybe you won't go to a therapist but i've gone to people and i've had some stuff in my life that i can't figure this out talk to me help me i had to get to that point and i'm much better for it so when y'all hit that that was that what i mean i was sitting there with my ears glued to my phone because we as black men we as a black community just don't believe in that. And we're failing ourselves, our families, mm-hmm. our community, because we won't sit down and talk to somebody. Sometimes not even always getting a solution, but just to get it out of us. Somebody out. needs to I listen and hear us. So that's what drew me. I was going to come listen to y'all podcast anyway. And I said, we, we go back to Blackburn College. But I'm like, yo, these dudes are talking. Y'all always been talking since we was back in college, you know, <laughs> uh, constantly. Uh, uh, a little while back, I was looking at a picture. I remember when y'all came back after y'all left the year. Y'all was at Eureka, and y'all came yes, and won the dorm event flag football game. Yes, sir. And everybody <laughs> knew, man, these dudes can play football for real. I yeah, told for y'all, for if we would have kept them on defense, 
Everybody <laughs> knows that that year we played at the second team offense and defense would have started. We would have won more games. We they already knew what it was. Had the best players on the sideline. I don't care who hit this podcast. You heard it from me first. Best players <laughs> on the, the sideline. Y'all already knew truth. what it is. It's the truth, so, man. but when, when y'all came back that year, was talking all that stuff. But like the the transition now, almost twenty something, which y'all talking about now, man, it, it's impactful to men and our community as a whole because it's stuff we ain't talking about enough. We, we just not. And y'all, even this stuff here we're talking about, it, it's it's something that when y'all put me into this podcast, I had to do it because I've been telling my wife. I said, "Babe, I'm gonna have to write a book about this because a lot of men they don't look at how we hurt from divorce, what we mm-hmm. go through, the pain yeah. we suffer." Nobody wants to talk. It's always the mom, the wife, the man. Even if the man ain't at fault, somehow it's our fault. They don't never want to give us, and we just got to sit there and suck it up and be a man and deal with it. No. Like tonight, I was fighting back tears just going back through Mm -hmm. my head. Like, yo, this crap is pain. That's why a lot of times I tell people I don't talk about it because it hurts. I'm glad I healed and moved on, but just talking about it, I was sitting here tonight like, man, I can't break down on this podcast. But I felt it stirring up because that was a painful process. And I know a lot of brothers that go through it and just move on. Oh, I'm good, bro. I moved on. No, you ain't good. Ain't, if you be honest, ain't you easy. ain't good. So, man, I love what y'all doing. I would love to be a guest on any topic. Anytime you want to have me back. But, man, I'm going to be here listening every week. Uh, definitely trying to promote it more. I know sometimes I don't see a whole lot of posts about it, which I hope I will see more. I'll share on all my pages. Uh, welcome people to it, cause man, y'all y'all talking about some uh, some real stuff, and uh, just looking at how I know at one point we was all here in Illinois, and I just look at a lot of us that either came through Blackburn, like how if you look at between Peoria and Chicago, it's so many of us that are literally right here, and yeah. we got stuff going, but do we all connect and really be supporting each other? And I think we need to do a whole lot more of that. Cause we all got some great things going on, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Tori Powell, just name a few. A, a fool, what she's doing. Even some stuff Corey doing in Peoria. We all really got some great things going on. And I just hope in the near future we can all keep, continue to connect and push each other for the successful things that we got going on in our life. Cause it all. Whoever would have thought we'd be where we are now, back when we was at Blackburn. The stuff right. we're talking about, the things we've been through, the things we've survived. All three of us are survivors through the through yeah. what we've talked about. We've maintained and we're still here. This stuff wasn't on our mind 20 years ago. We was having college fun. But look at us now as, as black men to be here and support each other, to learn from it. Y'all saying I helped y'all. Y'all are definitely um, helping me with, with what you all are doing because I've thought about a pack. I said, I can't wait to go tell them. I'll be like, babe, you, you got to step out because people have asked us, at times to do a marriage podcast but you know the reason why we haven't because we've both been through divorces and we said we felt like we were not fit to tell anybody anything because we went through a divorce but somebody just told us yeah somebody just told us recently y'all need to talk more because y'all can help people and being on this platform tonight is showing me that me and her need to start looking into this now eliminate the fear and just do what we need to do because it can, it's not even about us. It's about helping somebody else. So you two have truly inspired me tonight, man. I appreciate it for, for me and her to move forward on some stuff that's been lingering for years because we've been hearing it. We, we've been like, we're not fit for it. We can't use that as our excuse anymore because we all three of us could have said, we ain't fit to talk about this because of what we've been through. But look at us right here. And when somebody mm-hmm. hears this, I believe it's going to help them. So. I ain't got no excuses. So, man, I appreciate y'all brothers, man, because y'all, y'all definitely didn't help me that I believe me and her can step out in this now. I think y'all should, man. It ain't it, like the time is now. It's because y'all went through divorce that y'all are perfect having a marriage podcast because right now y'all, y'all marriage is just doing, doing well. So your stories, like our stories, can change lives, man. That, that's, that's the key. That's the key. That's why Real we talk. do this. That's why it's two views, man. Like, you know, we have some yeah. different views and all that, but that's what we're about, man. We're not going to stop, man. We're going to keep going with this two views thing, man. We've got a lot of stuff to discuss and talk about. So, you know. Yeah, we're we going to end it just reminding everybody that Kevin's list of his top five was trash. 
It was, man. It, it, I thought I looked back at it, man. It, it was the best list, man. It was the best list. Yeah. All right, we out of here. Right.